Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. message born identity what we have in Christ who we are gonna overlap again gonna overlap who we are try and get to what we have and uh, we've been saying such things as I honestly believe that the Spirit of God is upon the Spirit-filled church the Spirit of God is speaking to the Spirit-filled church about understanding this great message of Christ in you Christ in us The very guts of this message is so pertinent and so important for you to understand your identity in Christ, who you truly are. Can I suggest that any other version of not being in Christ could be bordering on being just religious? That you are justified, you gave your life to Jesus, you took that and ran with it, but some might have run back to Egypt or run back into the wilderness and said, I know I'm bound for heaven, that's enough for me. But can I suggest to you justification, the imputed righteousness of Christ, when it was given to you because you said yes to Jesus, is so true that you are bound for heaven, even though you live like a scallywag or whatever. But can I tell you, the ongoing reality of who Christ is and who you are in Christ is in the sanctification process. Amen? That's you on this journey of obedience in Christ, realizing, oh my God, Christ is. Oh my God, did he really do that for me? Oh my God, is he giving that to me? Oh my God, does he want to do that through me? That's sanctification. And we got to understand that this life that God's given us is quite an amazing life. It allows our true spiritual identity in Christ who we are and what we have in Christ. No other single message in the New Testament is as important. So let's do some scriptures, jot them down, got your Bibles, I hope. Paul said, Colossians 1.28, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing. That's why we're talking about Jesus constantly, constantly. We're not just trying to make you laugh. We're not just trying to get you bogged down in theology. We're trying to constantly get you to make a beeline to Christ. Amen. Get you to Jesus. In every connect group and every service, in every chance meeting we have with you, it's all about He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present at C3 Tugra that I myself, the pastor of this church, may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Being in Christ, in fact, and it's been stated in the book that it's the fulfillment of of the entire new covenant, that when you understand that and get that revelation, that you have actually arrived in your new creation reality. Once we have this reality at the core of our experience with God, our entire approach to everything, in fact, is revolutionized. Do you love that? Now, here's here's the downside. Outside of Christ, we are on our own, naked of power, attempting to accomplish God's work without strength, and can I tell you, it's impossible. 
Can I tell you, it's impossible to get to church. It's impossible to read your Bible. It's impossible to give to God. It's impossible to witness. It's impossible to give yourself wholly and solely to the Lord without that power. Let's start from the beginning. First things first, principle of first, John 3, 4 says, because we're getting visitors and some people, you know, are seeking God and some people have never been to church and uh, that's fantastic. Please invite the people that need Christ. The greatest need for humanity is, believe it or not, is Christ. It's not a new car, it's not a new house, it's not a million dollars. The greatest need for your friend is Christ. How can someone be born when they're old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. This is Nicodemus, great religious teacher, great man, great man of God, but he's absolutely beside himself about the teaching of Jesus. What are you saying? I'm following everything that the Old Testament suggests. I'm following the Torah. I'm doing all this righteous stuff. I'm walking a very fine line. But Jesus, you're saying what? Jesus said this, verily, truly, I tell you, Nicodemus, you're a great guy. You've done an awesome work. But can I tell you this? New game plan. In my coming, I want to introduce you to the New Testament, the new covenant, by saying this, verily I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God into the reality of the presence of God, into the reality of the grace of God, into the reality of God that truly loves you, greatly loves you. No one can e truly enter in that. No one can enter beyond the veil unless you believe in Christ and his blood shed upon the cross of Calvary. Amen? You cannot enter into the, the wonderful, the wonderful presence of God that loves you. And so he says, verily I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water in the spirit. If you're not baptized in water, please come and see the office. We need to make time for you, get you down to Tuam Bay. It's great to do it in public, cause a bit of a sensation down there and people look on for a while and then they just let you go to it. Isn't it amazing? People go, wow, baptisms, I didn't know they did that. Thought that was, you know, old time stuff, you know, biblical stuff. Yeah, and they look on for a while and then it's oh, back to your life, citizens. It's amazing. And people are getting delivered and pe people speaking in tongues and riffing on the shoreline. And that's oh, fantastic. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Barely, <laughs> I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water in the spirit. We've had a lot of great times down at Tuam Bay in, in, uh, uh, yeah, in the power of God water baptism, not religious dunking. 3.6 says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, Jesus said, you must be born again. The revelation knowledge we need to have is that Christ lives in us. When we were born again, that we actually received Christ within. Now, when you do that, the Bible says, your faith will grow stronger. Galatians 2.20 says it like this, I've been crucified with Christ, so when you gave your life to Christ, your sin was paid for. The depravity of your life was paid for on the cross. You're dead, you're buried, you rise, and you live in resurrection power. That's what happens for the born-again believer. And Paul says it like this in 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, the life we now live in our bodies, I live by faith in the Son of God. You gotta live by faith, otherwise it doesn't work. You gotta live by every day 
everything you do, everything you say, your countenance on your face, the, the, everything, how you engage people, how you do work, how you do life, how you be a husband, a wife, how you do is all supposed to be in Christ by faith. And then, of course, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's a powerful day when you realize that. 2 Corinthians 1.22 in the NLT, because there's an important word that says identified, and he has, because when you've received Christ, you have the Holy Spirit within you, thank you, you have a deposit of the Holy Spirit within you, again, get used to this, even if you're not reading your Bible, even if you're not coming to church much, even if you're not giving to the Lord, even if you're not worshiping, you still have, when you gave your life to the Lord, a deposit of the Holy Spirit. It's like a little pilot light, man. So once you turn those burners on, it's like the barbecue. And when I turn my barbecue, it makes that sound. Sometimes I turn it back off, turn it back on. I just want to hear that sound. Love that sound. I don't know if the girls get off on that, but men do. It's okay. It's just a guy thing. Real men. We'll talk about that at the Real Men Brekkie. That's probably what happens. You got the little pilot light. And when you get excited for God, when you really start to realize, I'm in Christ, Christ is highly combustible. You come near him, you come alive. And God, your eyes start to get bigger and your heart starts to get wider. You start to throb the power and the love of God. And you know what I mean? Or you can shrink back and just be a little pilot like to Jesus. I'm a little pilot like. I haven't read that scripture. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything that he promised us. Yes, he identifies us. It's his identity for us. So when you've given your life to the Lord, what, what does that mean? It means that you're supposed to abandon any image of yourself that is not from God. You stop accepting what others have said about you, including all the people you know I'm talking about, how others have labeled you, how others have defined you. Some are still traumatized about the names you were called at school or what something was said about you by someone in authority. But you can be alleviated from that misrepresentation. You can be alleviated by saying, God, who do you say that I am? Start believing what he says about you that he's pleased with you, that he created you, that God defines you. You're not defined by feelings. Oh, I don't feel like it. Your opinions, circumstances, successes, failures, rich or poor, sick or healthy, you are defined by God, amen? You're defined by God and God alone. He identifies who you truly are. And if you don't know who you are, then you're vulnerable to any version of events called your life, you're just open to whatever. You are who God says you are. That should be settled in your spirit. You're a precious child of God. That is probably the biggest title we need to place over your life, that you are a child of God. He loves the way he created you, and you're greatly loved, and you're blessed unto eternity, but in the meantime, blessed to live your best life. Amen? So we say that this identity issue is an important part, and it's true, of living the abundant life. Because if you don't get that right on the inside of you, 
you're going to live a, sh- a shrunken life. Colossians 1.28, he is the one we proclaim, I said it before, admonishing, teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Let's do a PowerPoint. Being in Christ is the fulfillment of the New Testament. Knowing who we are and what we have ushers us into the life, well, the reality of living in the New Testament. In him, PowerPoint, I am righteous with his righteousness imputed into me, meaning that his perfect righteousness you can stand in, live in, and walk by. In him I have the mind of Christ. That is what you do have, and can I just stop there? You have the mind of Christ in you. You just gotta tap into it. I said last week, and I think it's worthy, if, if my soul, who doesn't really wanna know about God, but got saved anyway, uh, but then my spirit, Luke Boyd, you're my spirit, you're saved, totally saved, you're, you're at my spirit, because I'm body, I'm body, I'm soul, mind, will, emotions, mind, will, emotions, and I'm, I'm spirit, I'm spirit. The spirit is the part of me that is bound for glory, this way or that way, I'm bound for glory. But now my spirit is ready to rock for Jesus. It's ready to do all the great stuff that I'm purposed to do in God. That's the version of me there. But my soul might be shrinking back from God. It might be less inclined to God. It might be lazy, lazy in faith, lazy to appropriate everything that Christ has done for me. And, and, but but I, I thought last week, I think what we need to do for some people's lives, we need to introduce our soul to our spirit man, amen? We need to introduce our soul, soul, oh, and who are you? You reckon you're so good, all saved and, you know, spanking clean, you know, and, you know, look, I like to watch a bit of sport, you know, you know, what are you going to try and do? You're going to try and get me to fast, I guess, and read my Bible more and get to church and give all my money away to God, you know, what's all this about? Look, I'm not sure if I want to even go there. Look, I'm bound for glory. Look, look, just just don't even talk to me. I'm bad. Speak to the hand. I'm, I'm I'm bound for glory. That's good enough for me. Look, let's sit down later. Let's maybe do a coffee. Look, get me at a good time. Not, not a good time at the moment. I'm watching the All Blacks with the Wallabies. And, uh, you know, truly, you know, what, what is, you know, why did you get all the glory anyway? And look at me. I've got all this hard work to do, this sanctification, clean my act up, renewal of the mind, dealing with stuff, issues of life, going through deliverance. I've got to cry. I've got to, you know, I've got to grovel and... You know, help me with that. You know, do I really want to even know you? The ver- this version of you trying yes. to be me, you, you do. Yeah. Do you reckon I can do it? You know, I know this is David said, Soul, why are you downcast? I, I sort of know that scripture and worship God. Yeah, I guess you may have something to say about my life. Yeah, I could get to know you, I guess. Long lost cousin. Long lost. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, okay, good. Thanks. Give it up for Luke. He's a. He's my spirit man. I'm sure that's what's happening with a lot of people. Because your soul has got all this, you know, it's got this propensity to want to live life the way it wants. It wants to backpack through Europe and take lots of selfies and, you know, it wants to, you know, accumulate stuff. Uh, You know, it wants those new shoes. It wants to eat. It wants to drink. It wants to... You know, it's insatiable for sport, more sport. But, you know, your spirit, your spirit is so wanting you to be this version of you that is in Christ. Amen? Which, can I just say this, that is probably someone stupendous. In him I am righteous with his righteousness. 
That's a true theological statement. It's been imputed into you. When God the Father looks down on you, He doesn't see your shortfallings. He doesn't see your stuff. He sees the perfection of Christ, and He sees you in that light. Is that good news? You can worship. Never come into this house and go, oh, it's been a bad week, you know. You know, no, don't do that. Say, soul, we're going to worship God. My spirit man wants to worship. We're going to do what Pastor Julie just asked. Lift up our hands. Worship God. And as you do that, you reverse, you reverse the governing authority in your life. You allow the spirit man to end up into the, like it's the control tower. He's depending on the flight tower to land him in and to let him take off. And if he's listening to some other version, you know, of the flight guy who's smoking and feet up on his table, yeah, bring her in, mate, whatever, you know, bring her down, mate, yeah, put her in the back there, you know, Sydney to cool and gather, yeah, whatever, you know, no, no, he's got, you know, it's the spirit, it's the spirit, that Cam, no, this is, this is serious stuff, we need to bring this in according to the manual, according to God's will, he wants all these people alive, uh, you know, <laughs> according, you know, uh, we, we need to do this properly, you're right for that, yeah, I'm good for that, but enjoy yourself, don't get too stressed out, you know, enjoy yourself, in him I am righteous, in him I have the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God, in him I have complete and utter forgiveness, deliverance and healing. In him, I'm completely protected from the attacks of the devil. In him, I have total redemption. In him, I have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's son. See, once you start to live in him, all these realities kick in. And Jesus said it through this concept, John 15, 4. And it's very important that you live the spirit-filled life, inclining, practicing the presence of God, no matter where you go, Man, I remember being on a 12-story building in Sydney doing steel fixing, and I was being called into ministry, and the Lord apprehended me. I have a piece of RSJ, big piece of steel, on my shoulder walking across the beam, and I literally stopped like that, and I just was capturing a thought. I'd been wrestling over this calling into ministry. I had many people prophesy over me, and, and I was still struggling with it. I just wanted to go to work. I wanted to be a normal citizen. I didn't want to know the purposes of God. I didn't want to know... The, the version that God had for me. I just wanted to be this, this well-inclined person, citizen of heaven to God. I was up going to Bible college, and I'd gone back to work, I think, and, and uh, this, anyway, and I was on this tall building, and God just, boom, pulled me up like that, and I stopped. I remember literally stopping like that, because, you know, you've got to focus when you're walking across a beam, big piece of heavy metal on you. You, gotta, you can't just daydream, oh, whatever. You know, no, when God speaks to you, you go, whoa, okay, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. I remember staying like that. And I remember it felt like a couple of minutes, and then I thought, hey, someone's going to think this is weird. I wonder if anyone's looking at me, the site foreman or whatever. And, and, and I just sort of arrested myself, and I said, no, come on, let's deal with that. And got out, and God is so wanting to speak to us. God is so wanting to speak to us, but it only can hap happen when, at that time, I was living my life in Christ constantly, no matter where I went. I was in Christ. I was doing this. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. We've got to be awoken, revived from a poor image of ourselves or what we could be cheated out of our inheritance, the Bible says, even through false humility, 
I had a lot of humility going down in those days. I was just a humble guy. These long-term guys here, my friends from the 80s, we used to go to church together, Kath and Jum. And uh, man, I was just the humble pram pusher, man. Julie was the one trying to witness to the whole world. She was the public figure. She was always speaking publicly, having concerts at the Laycock Street Theater, doing great concerts, bearing the name of Jesus. And I was just the, man, I was just happy to be the, 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 the father, you know, the doting father. But God, God had other plans. Colossians 2.18 says it like this. I might even had some false humility, I don't know. But the Bible says, let no one cheat you, let no one cheat you out of your reward, your inheritance. Does that say that up there, the New King James Version? Some other versions don't say it like this. Let no one cheat you out of the reward inheritance, taking delight in false humility. And then I thought about it. It's like the Israelites possessing the promised land, not realizing their identity in Christ. I think it's the same thing as the Israelites when God took them through the, took them through the wilderness, actually. Got them out of bondage. They're saved. Praise God. They're baptized into Moses. We're baptized into Jesus. But they end up in this zone of the, of the wilderness. And God wants to teach them three things while they're in that place. Three things he wants to teach them to get their identity back because they become so demoralized in 400 years of slavery. They become so demoralized and we can all end up like that through life, just brutalized by life. But God says, before I take you into the vast expanse of all the promises and the blessings that I have for you in the promised land, I'm going to teach my people three things. And I like this. The three things were how to fight. He he, he led them by the long way. And he led them the way by where they had to take on some small battles. God's perfecting your identity in the battles, in the trials of life, in the crucible of life. Don't, Don't get upset about these That's how God's perfecting the fight in you, to stand up in prayer, to stand up in that version of you as what are we, what do we have? Who are we? Yes, but what do we have? We have authority. Tread on scorpions and snakes and to take authority over a given situation. Probably the the main thing that God has given us that we can use as a king is to take stock over a situation and bring order And we do that by authority in God. So the first thing he wants to teach the Israelites, learn how to fight again. Learn how to fight, C3 Tucker. Pick up your Bible. Get that sword in the Lord, the shield of faith, breastplate of... Get that armor on. Be clothed in Christ. Breastplate of righteousness. Gird your loins with truth. Shield of faith. Sword of the Lord. Shoes of the gospel. Helmet of salvation. Gird yourself up. Second thing was, he was teaching them to commune commune with God, with himself, because they'd forgotten to communicate and they began to worship again. They began to pray again. The third thing he was teaching them to get their identity back was to be a nation, the nation of Israel, this glorious nation. I believe God's teaching us to be a community, not isolated. Sociologists sociologists are, are dismayed about the fragmentation of society that we're not saying hello to the next door neighbor anymore, that we even hang the clothes out, we purposefully ignore them. We walk up the street, we purposefully ignore everyone. The sociologists are saying, we are dismayed about the fragmentation of society. 
But do you know what happens when Christ comes into you? He gives you the spirit of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And you are reconciling people because you're a new creature in Christ. The spirit of reconciliation is in you, whether you like it or not, wherever you go, you are promoting the spirit of reconciliation. Yes, you're justified, you're saved, well done. But can I tell you, you're on a journey of realizing who you are in Christ. And that's the journey that C3 Tugger are on. They were learning how to fight, yes, second one. They were learning how to commune with God. And the third one is how to be a community. Can I say this? If you've got Christ in you, because Christ perfected the art of communing with people and with God, because you're in Christ, you can commune with God till the cows come home. And you can commune with other people if you let Christ inside you have His way. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's